Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is twilight on Sunday, the 29th of May in the year 2022. And in the United States, if you're listening from there, you are having Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you're all having a lovely long weekend. And here we are on the Mars-Jupiter conjunction. And this is a very interesting dynamic. So let's look at this. The first thing is that they are in Aries and that's Mars's sign. And Mars and Jupiter together are exuberant energies, lots and lots and lots of energy. Why? Because Mars has energy and Mars is the energy planet. It steps forward. It's confident. It's the warrior. It's, you know, a uh, uh, dynamic of self-assertion and courage and and courageousness and and it doesn't shy away when it's in its own sign it's in its own sign with jupiter for the first time in two years well the last time it was in its own sign in conjunct jupiter was not in aries uh it probably was two years ago and jupiter was in capricorn and so this is the first time Mars and Jupiter are conjunct in Aries probably in 12 years because that was the last time that Jupiter was in Aries. And so this is new and this is a new cycle because when two planets conjunct and they don't get together very often, it's a new cycle of their relationship to one another. And so they're an interesting dynamic because whatever Mars does, Jupiter just makes it grander and bigger. And it doesn't mean that's all good. <laughs> Remember, Mars is a warrior. Mars might be fighting a war. There may be moments in this Mars-Jupiter that you feel like fighting with someone or that you're hot under the collar or just plain angry. And yeah, that can happen. You know, you're like, but, but Deb, Mars and Jupiter are, are good together. Jupiter's good. Jupiter's the abundant planet. Yeah, but it makes things bigger. It expands. And Mars in its own sign is a bit punchy and aggressive. And so if you're feeling punchy and aggressive, um, you're probably going to get a bigger dose of punchiness. <laughs> so maybe you should watch your temper, watch your words, watch your energy, and just be careful in general. Don't drive too fast. Like this is one of those, I'm overconfident and I can drive wherever the hell I want as fast as I want aspects. Okay. Mars and Aries are the automobile, the chariot. And so when we get into the dynamic with Jupiter, oh, that's talk about the chariot. That's Zeus's chariot. <laughs> so maybe he's like driving a little too fast because he's overconfident. So there you go. So please, please watch your words, watch your actions, watch your actions. This is about taking action. And if you have an overabundance of energy, it's good to use it in exercise or um, doing some physical labor like gardening, like washing the car, like repairing the house, the garage, do, doing some work. Be careful with sharp instruments, knives, tools, you know, um, all sorts of things like that, you know, be, be careful about that. And, um, because you can, it's easy to, again, be overconfident and slip and, you know, cut your finger. Mars is blood, Aries is blood, Jupiter's abundance. So just, just be careful. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, this is going to be with us for a couple days. Now, it, they're not the only planets in Aries. Um, Venus was there until yesterday, and now she's in Taurus, her own sign. And remember what I said last week, Mars is in his sign, Venus is in her sign. Very interesting dynamic. Um, but then there's also Chiron's in Aries. And again, there's the wound. So please be careful when you're working in the shop in the garage. And then we have a bunch of planets in Taurus. We have Uranus in Taurus, Venus in Taurus. Um, up until this afternoon, we had the moon in Taurus, the north node is in Taurus, and Mercury is in Taurus. And so one of the things is about this is that we're grounding all of that Aries fire energy in the earth. And this is important. This is important. Like we have a place for this energy to go. So as I was saying on Instagram today, please, please use your cautions and be constructive with this energy. Maybe you need to go for a walk. Maybe you need to blow off steam, go out and exercise. Maybe you need to get on your bike. Um, maybe you need to just go out jogging or start a new exercise program. This is the first time Mars and Jupiter have met in Aries in years. So this is an excitable energy, and sometimes we are excited. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> there may be so much energy that you are like me and you're having trouble sleeping, and it's just there's just too much energy, too much energy. And I had another friend here who was telling me that she had too much energy to sleep last night it was it was restless and this is a restless sleep kind of thing you know there's trouble falling asleep there's trouble staying asleep there's trouble getting back to sleep there's these restless energies and this restless energy um makes us tired <laughs> and so i haven't felt energetic as i've been you know I'm, I'm trying to stabilize my sleep so what else is new but this is actually um i just i actually feel tired so you know i used it as a time of directing the energy elsewhere i got some things done and got accomplished some stuff accomplished but this is a very excitable energy now back to grounding all that energy in taurus venus likes being in taurus she is so relaxed there and she's grounded and she's nature oriented and she counts her money and she's you know buying pretty clothes and it's all really um, very uh, lovely and centered and methodical. And, you know, Venus, you know, she isn't to Uranus yet. She's early in Taurus. She went into Taurus yesterday at 10.46 a.m. in Eastern Standard Time, uh, Eastern Daylight Time, rather. And she's very much about, you know, being in her own home. And this is a homey kind of thing. So she's uh, loving this now, this turn of events where she's she can get to be in her own cozy place. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a lovely place for Venus to be. And she's getting, you know, getting her house ready for the, the flower blooming and the and the garden growing, and the vegetables growing, and all the fertility, the fertility of the garden. And actually, I had my gardener here on Friday, right before Venus went into Taurus, and um, that was about when Venus would have been squaring Pluto at the end of Aries, and she did that nice little high five with Pluto before she <laughs> left and went into her own sign. But he was telling me that my garden's very good, that the earth here is very fertile. And 
I think the earth in Costa Rica is very fertile because it just, things just blossom here all the time. Obviously it's rainy season and you can probably hear the rain in the background now, but he was saying that this is, you know, the, the, the big tree in the garden is like, you know, very good. And I, um, and there's not a lot of sun in that area of the garden because the tree is very good. It's very tall. And, but he was also saying that there's the earth here is, I said, muy fertile. And he said, see, see. And so, yeah, my plants grow very well here. So yes, um, fertility, Venus and Taurus is about fertility. And we were ushering in the fertility while we were working on the garden the other day. So, um, and so fertility is the order of the day with all those planets in Taurus. Now the sun is in Gemini. And the moon has now entered Gemini as of earlier today, and that's an energetic sign. So again, we have more energy. We have energy with Mars and Jupiter in Aries. We have energy with the sun and moon in Gemini. And we are in the dark phase of the moon right now because we have a new moon tomorrow. So the moon is what we call balsamic. It is in the dark of the moon. And so when we have a new moon, it's good to wait to start new projects till the moon is new. Now, this could be another reason why people are tired and they're telling me they're tired because we are not in the, that, that radiance yet of, of new moon. Um, and and the, the energy of the new moon, when it becomes new and then it starts its cycle all over again. So we have two cycles here. Jupiter and Mars are starting a cycle that they have, you know, their meetup cycle. And, you know, Jupiter and Mars will meet up again in like other aspects later this year. But this is the big one. This is a big conjunction. And then we have the sun and the moon starting a new cycle. And there's, so there's lots of newness. And Aries is always about newness. So Jupiter and Mars are in Aries with Chiron, of course. And then there's the the whole experience of um, the moon being new and the newness is going to kick out the eclipse period, okay? And the reason for this is this is the first lunation after the last eclipse. So we had the new moon eclipse, the solar eclipse on April 30th, and the lunation before that, which was a full moon, was ushering in the eclipse period. And now we are ushering out the eclipse period because this is the lunation after the eclipses are finished. Two weeks ago, we had the lunar eclipse. Remember that the 15th, 16th. And this is so important because all these heavy energies we've all been experiencing for the last month are now going to be relieved by this burst of new moon that happens tomorrow, Monday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And so we have a really fresh energy coming in tomorrow. When we kick out the eclipse period, sometimes things hanging in the air from the eclipses, conversations, news stories, um, matters at hand in our lives, we are revisiting them. And it's like the last hurrah, boom, right before we kick it out. So don't be surprised if tomorrow you get some new information that about things that were happening during the eclipses. I think the energy's been heavy. People around me have been telling me that they had intense weeks. Um, I think that the energy this past week was intense earlier this week, and then it moved out of intensity as the week progressed and it's a little more mellow now. Um, 
as you know venus and stuff moved out of moved out of fire the moon went through aries you know now we're we're in a little more sedate period and you know this is a real this is a real great aspect tomorrow it's an energetic new moon now where it is it's nine degrees of gemini and so if you have planets in gemini sagittarius virgo and pisces this will be something you feel and the other interesting thing is it does make uh an interesting aspect to pluto um it's a semi-square and so it's something that we don't talk about a whole lot but should not be discredited or dismissed by any means it is somewhat transformational so the anything left over from the eclipse being transformational because remember the last one was in scorpio um it's possible that there is some leftover transformational transitional stuff that we are working through so this is this is very important and speaking of pluto Mercury and Pluto met again during the week. They were trying. There was an original trine, number one, because this one was number two the other day, and that was at April 28th. We had the first one. We had it the other day on the 24th of May, and there'll be the last, the final chapter in the three-part story on the 10th of June. Mercury will be direct by then because Mercury is going direct this week. Hurrah. So this has been a tedious Mercury retrograde. And I know for sure that people have had their issues, and I certainly have had my issues with this Mercury retrograde. And I think it's been, I think it's been a whopper. <laughs> I think it's been a whopper. I think that, that there were lots of topsy-turvies, upside-downs. But I chose to flow with it this time. And I chose to flow with it in a way that I thought, I just had to go with it. And I said, I'm not going to worry about Mercury being retrograde. I just got to go. And I did what I needed to do. And, you know, there were so many little things that were going on. We had to get new locks on our main door because the lock broke. And then there was confusion about what, what keys belonged where. And <laughs> that, that, that was really kind of funny the other day. <laughs> anyway. That was another Mercury retrograde fun thing. And, and so I just think it's been one hilarious moment after another and, and tedious. And so I've just chosen to like find the humor in these things. And I think during Mercury retrograde, sometimes that's all we can do. And it goes direct on Friday the 3rd at 4 a.m. Eastern time. So when you get up in this region of the world and you wake up, you're like, hey, Mercury's direct. Great, fantastic. It's going direct to 26 degrees of Taurus. So remember, it was in Gemini when it started, and now it's in Taurus, and it's moving past Taurus. It's going to move past its Taurus retrograde point, which is 26 degrees. It was 28 when it met with Pluto the other day, and it'll go back to 28 when it meets with Pluto again in you know a week and a half on the 10th. Ha! Huh. So what does this mean? It means that Mercury is going direct at 26 and you'll remember that the eclipse was at 25 so mercury is not exactly at the eclipse but it's sort of echoing it's got the flavor of the eclipse so 
We're kicking out the eclipse on Monday, tomorrow, and we are getting a, a burst of the eclipse flavor because Mercury is at 26 and it's staying at 26 all week. So it's not going to go back to 25, and in astrology we call that a refrain or a refrenation. So Mercury is refraining from exactly hitting the 25-degree point that the eclipse occurred at, and also the 25-degree point of Aquarius, which is wrapped up in Taurus, um, where Saturn is. So Saturn's at 25 Aquarius. And when I say that, it's because Saturn is at 25 Aquarius squaring things in Taurus. Okay. So anything that's a 25 Taurus is meeting up in a square with Saturn, which is, you know, Mercury's at 26. So yes, they're, they are squaring, but they're not exact. And Mercury is also refraining from squaring Saturn. So this means that there is some still some Mercury Saturn hanging in the air. Remember, we had this um, back a few weeks back on the 24th of April, and you might remember me saying, if you've been critical with yourself today, this is Mercury and Saturn. And certainly that was the case. And here we are again. And so watch how you handle yourself in your words with yourself and others. Mercury rules words. Verbal, written, spoken, everything, thought, <laughs> all of that, intellect. Watch your words. And I know I've been paying attention to my words lately and I'm saying, wow, I can't believe I still think that. Oh, that needs to go. <laughs> and these are things that I find that I have to do clearings on with myself and I have to clear my words. So um, I use my Reiki for that. I clear with energies and, and contracts and vows and things like that. And vows are words and contracts are words. And so the things that we say to ourselves on a regular basis, we have to catch them. Um, because if we don't catch them, we're going to find ourselves in a pattern. So Mercury and Saturn is a perfect opportunity to catch our words and to connect with what we are really saying, what's going on. Like we have a dialogue with ourselves. So Mercury and Saturn is also advising you to watch your words with other people. Watch your criticisms of things and situations and people. Um, there are certain things that rightfully so need to be criticized, but, but not when we're not shooting our words at people. So with Mars and Jupiter and Mercury and Saturn, yeah, we could shoot our words at people. So let's, let's be very careful about that. Um, Anyway, but this is very interesting because Mercury is going direct and Saturn is going retrograde the day after. So Mercury will go direct, like I said, on Friday at 4 a.m. And Saturn will go retrograde at 5.47 p.m. on the 4th, which is the next day, Saturday. And that's Eastern time. And Saturn is... It's going to be retrograde. Saturn's a long-term retrograde as it is every year. It's retrograde until about October 23rd. And that's going to get entangled with the next portion of the eclipse period. So we're not worrying about that right now, but we look at Saturn. Saturn is slowing down. Saturn's going to stay at 25 all week, 25 Aquarius. So if you have things in Aquarius, Taurus, Leo, and Scorpio, these are things that are going to ring chimes right now. And... If you are someone who's an Aquarius like me, you are going to feel this Saturn going retrograde. And so Saturn is going back for us to review in its apparent backwards motion. It is going back to review commitments, contracts, again, agreements, things that we 
look at in Aquarius technology, um, wherever Aquarius is in your chart, what are you going back to review? What were these things that needed your review that were commitments or serious matters or very responsible matters, things that where you needed to be responsible or you are finding yourself having to take responsibility for certain situations. And there are ways in which we need to review those responsibilities and those commitments and um, loyalties that we've had in these last months. And Saturn will go back to 18 degrees of uh, Aquarius when it gets there in October, but right now it's at 25, so that's five degrees. That's a significant distance that Saturn will travel backward. And when it gets to 18 degrees, it's going to be there at the same time Uranus will be at 18 degrees of Taurus. So last year was the big year where we had Saturn and Uranus squaring each other three times. They are not going to meet in exactitude, but they're going to be very, very close, and it is technically a square. Again, this is another time when there's not an exact, exact square, but it's we're going to feel it. It's going to be something in October that we'll feel along with the eclipses, etc. But this is Saturn and Uranus meeting up again like they did last year in a square. And that's a challenging relationship. That again is Saturn being the more the conformist, even though it's in the sign of Aquarius, and Uranus being the wild card. And Uranus demanding freedom and liberation and Saturn saying, you know, we got to pay attention to our, the status quo. And so the dynamic between them is a challenge and how we work through that. Now, last year, there was a lot of that going on in society and in each other's lives. And I found that, well, of course, I'm an Aquarius, so I found that to be challenging. Definitely. I felt that energy very strongly. And it's going to be happening at 18 degrees in those signs again, Aquarius and Taurus. Now, this is, this is a, a, a thing, you know, and it's interesting because in 2020, we had repeated cycles of aspects. We had Jupiter and Pluto. We had Saturn and Pluto come back, but they were they were close but not exact. But it was a Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn uh, meeting all year back and forth between all of those planets until they Saturn and Jupiter finally broke out. And then they were conjunct together exactly in Aquarius at the end of 2020. We are not having those kinds of things this year. 2021, we had Saturn and Uranus, like I just mentioned. But we're not having, this year, we're not having all of that. We're not having Saturn with an outer planet. We're not having Saturn with Jupiter. We're not having this kind of stuff. But what will come in October may remind us of last year. And what we're going through right now with Mercury in Taurus, squaring Saturn in Aquarius, there's... There's some dynamics that that can echo what we experienced last year and what we may may be foreshadowing for later this year. So yeah, this is this is an interesting time. It's an interesting time. It's not the intensity of that 2020, though I have never seen anything quite like that in in many years. So um, and it's not the Saturn Uranus of last year, which was also tedious. This year is different, and we are we had other tedious things. We had all that Mars and Venus meeting up with Pluto and Saturn, and then Pluto and that, you know, that was all hard. That was hard. Um, but this is this is a little different, and so we have time to collect our thoughts and to understand our dynamics between where we want to leap forward 
with Uranus and where we need to stay committed with Saturn and where we may need to break commitments because it's time to break commitments. So there may have been things last year that um, you are looking at that are very different than they were um, a year ago. You know, you're looking at them now and they reflect different scenario. And so pay attention to what that, what, what that is and what that could be for you that will echo last year when Saturn and Uranus will, um, were acting together. And what's interesting in this is that Mercury, which is talking to Saturn, is moving forward and Saturn is moving backwards. So they're doing a little dance in different directions. Now, I expect Friday and Saturday to be a little topsy-turvy because remember, whenever Mercury goes direct, even though it's not going retrograde anymore, it's still shaking things up. It's still moving in a way that is a different direction. So it's spinning around and it's taking a different perspective. So our perspective may shift as of Friday and Saturday. We may get information that changes things as of Friday and Saturday. This is all connected. They are connected to one another. Mercury is connected to the eclipse. They are they are all in this dynamic. And so this is a week where things are not slap in the face, obvious, but they may be more subtle and may surface and we may say, wow, what's this? And so my advice is to pay attention to the subtle energies. Stay close to yourself. Connect with yourself. Um, reflect on what's happened during the eclipse period. Reflect on where you were at the end of April. The end of April was important because Mercury was trining Pluto. Um, we had um, then Mercury first was squaring Saturn, then trining Pluto, and then we had that first eclipse. So so we may be going back to some dynamics at the end of April that happened, and maybe this is the next chapter. So please pay attention and stay aware of energies this week and watch your words, watch how you speak to yourself and others. Now, the moon is in Gemini as we speak. It will make that new moon tomorrow, and then it will stay in Gemini and go void at 4.10 p.m. on Tuesday. And then it will remain void until 1.49 a.m. Wednesday morning before when it enters Cancer. And so it will stay in Cancer Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then it's going to oppose Pluto and go void at 11.15 a.m. on Friday the 3rd. So there'll be a void moon for a few hours at 2.38 p.m. This is all Eastern time. It will go into Leo. And so there's going to be a few hours there where it's void, three hours. So we've got a lot of, we got some void moon. we got some Mercury turning direct. And then it will be in Leo. And uh, interestingly, because Saturn's in Aquarius, and so there'll be this, this dynamic of um, moon, in Leo squaring Venus and Taurus and then moon in Leo opposing Saturn on Sunday uh, in the afternoon and it will stay in Leo go void at 7 12 p.m. next Sunday when we meet again and it will enter Virgo in the wee hours of Monday morning this again is all Eastern time so uh, we are looking at another active week another active week of planets going direct planets going forward, planets going backward, planets 
connecting with each other, planets kicking out eclipses. So pay attention to how you're feeling. Um, don't discredit your emotions. Uh, you know, go for new ideas once this new moon happens tomorrow. You know, it's always good to plant the seeds for new ideas in a Gemini new moon. So, and that only happens once a year, Gemini new moon. There's a, there's a Gemini full moon when the sun is in Sagittarius, but there'll be, um, a, a full moon with the sun in Gemini and the moon in Sagittarius, but that's not going to be for another couple weeks. So we are looking at this lovely new moon and make a wish, do a ritual, especially, especially when we get to the experience of a new moon. It is important, important to do some sort of acknowledgement of that new moon. And that new moon will give us um, a real burst of, you know, energy in, in a new direction. So where does Gemini fall in your chart? Do you know that? And in that house, that's where you're going to get this burst of, burst of new moon energy and eclipses going bye-bye. That full moon that we have after this will be on the 14th of June, and it's going to square Neptune. So we're, that's another preview for the month of June. And June is this week. June starts this week. So happy end of May. Happy beginning of June. Can you believe it? The year is moving to half over. And uh, it's hard to believe. It feels like it was just New Year's. And this has been the Golden Astrologer Podcast. And I invite you to contact me if you'd like a session with me. Because we can talk astrology and uh, reveal what's in your astrological chart. What needs to be um you know, revealed and opportunities and challenges and creativity, all those good things that's in your chart. You can contact me, thegoldenastrologer.com, book online. And if you want to see me on Instagram, I'm the Golden Astrologer on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm at Deb Astrology. Facebook, it's the Golden Astrologer. And I am here with this podcast on Sundays. I bless you, have gratitude for you. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful, beautiful week. Happy June.